Welcome into DNVR Buffs post game. Uh, tough game today. The Buffs lost. I'm sure all you guys know that, but uh, we're going to talk through it here and hopefully feel better when we're done talking than we do right now. We'll see. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm. Right here is Ryan Konigsberg, who you guys know well. But we have a special guest today, Tyler Ziskin of the Free Ball and Pod and like everything else Buffs related is also here. And uh, we'll get Ben Gurney later. How's it going, Tyler? It would be very me to show up on a pod that we lost in a big game. <laughs> it kind <Yeah>. of is. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, let's start with the biggest takeaways. Let's just jump straight into this. Um, Ryan, you want to go first? What's your biggest takeaway? Man, biggest takeaway. I mean, we'll have a we'll have a chat here, but this could easily be the only takeaway. Uh, the Buffs lost Nate Landman. He was the heart and soul of the defense. He's really the heart and soul of the team. And everything changed and i mean instantly everything changed uh utah knew exactly what to do they ran the ball right at where he should be where he would be where he'd be stuffing them where he was stuffing them in the first half and you know there's a lot of decisions you can go into and the fumble at the end of the first half but that's a three-point swing when you can't stop them at all on defense because you don't have your your captain out there your your you know play caller everything out you know nate landon was everything to this defense and Sure. Should you be able to overcome the loss of a player? Yes. The Buffs aren't in that position. They're not ready for that. Uh, and they certainly weren't today. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. You know, Nate Landman is just one player, but for this program, he's more than that, right? I mean, we're not – we don't have five-star talent. You mm -hmm. lose one of the best linebackers in the country, it makes a bigger impact on us than it would for almost any other program out there. So, to me, you know, yes, we did come out and score pretty quickly in the second half to build some momentum, but we, we talked about it at halftime. They're going to go right at our linebackers. Are we going to be able to stop it? And unfortunately, the guys that came in just aren't, you know, they're not Nate Landman. It's not really, you can't put it any other way. It just sucks to see it go down like this. For, for, for this to be the reason that they lose this game that we've been talking about all season, like we got to get to this point, get the win, and then you're in, or at least there was a chance to be in, and now that chance yeah. is slim. And maybe that's worth talking about right now, but the Buffs still are alive for the Pac-12 championship. Um, they, they could make it in. They need one more cancellation today. The tiebreakers are kind of weird right now. I think the the, the next tiebreaker they get to that isn't a tie is college football playoff ranking. And uh, right now, Colorado's ranked, Washington isn't. And if it is what decides it, and they don't say, like, well, the rankings come out Monday or Tuesday, and it, it's just chaos. Well, it looks like yeah. the, the, the I, I, buffs would get in. I think I speak for all buffs fans right now when I say it's hard to think about that mm -hmm. and hard to imagine going up against USC, who is a superiorly talented team yeah. without our guy. Without yeah. our guy, you know, like you can with Nate Landman on the defense, you can talk yourself into it. You could say, man, if Nate shows up and plugs up the middle and if Carson Wells gets some sacks and if they're able to create pressure and create turnovers, you can start talking yourself into the buffs beating USC. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. It's just it's hard to think about right now yeah. because you just watched Utah, you know, just smack us or smack us around for the entire second half after Nate went out. And uh, and so you obviously want that opportunity. You want it for the kids uh, who have laid it all out on the line all year. Um, you know, they've done an incredible job of handling COVID better than most Pac-12 schools. Carl Durrell, you want it for him as he goes on the recruiting trail. I took my team to the Pac-12 championship in year one. You want all those things. At the same time, it's just uh, it's not where I want to go. You know, it's, it's, just, it's tough to take yourself there right now. Yeah, it's tough pill to swallow. I mean, I think you couldn't really be too disappointed if it doesn't work out at this mm -hmm. point, right? I mean, we had our opportunity and we didn't get it done. I mean, I think they're obviously, again, Landman, that's a big part of it. But 
when you have an opportunity to go out there and win and make some noise and create some difficulty for the conference, right, and you fall flat on your face. I mean, it was 28-0, right? Yeah. After the touchdown yep, to start it was. the second half. So, obviously not a good showing down the stretch. So, it's, it would be really difficult to argue that we got screwed out of any of this. Yeah. No one can say that yeah. at this point. Um, you know, obviously, you would have, if you had the opportunity to play USC, everything could be different. When, especially when Nate Landman was healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that's, I guess, the case you could make. But you're right. You had an opportunity. If you went out there and balled out today, everyone would be, you know, across the country. People would be saying, you have to let Colorado have a chance. And, uh, and it is, you, you just can't make that case anymore. Uh, and it, like I said, it's especially hard to make that case for a Colorado team that doesn't have probably their best player. Like yep. Jarek Broussard, you know, or Nate Landman. Yeah, and I, it, it seriously just sucks to see Nate Lamon have to go through this. And that is, like, the, the biggest takeaway, I think. Um, but, but one discussion that's kind of been bubbling up um, on Twitter and other places is Darren Cheverini's play calling. And, and I think that that might be worth digging into right now and giving some time to, rather than waiting for it to show up in the questions. And we should say that right now. If you guys have any questions, throw them in the chat. We'll get to all those uh, toward the end of the show. Uh, but keep those coming but yeah so Darren Cheverini what do you guys think of the game he called today I didn't like it down the stretch and I mean I don't think anyone liked it early yeah. <laughs> eight straight <Yeah>. passes <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, with Jarek Broussard on the team is tough to swallow uh to me down the stretch I mean Neuer comes back into the game you immediately run a play on a rollout after he's hurt there's only one potential option there on a downfield throw that's just not a high percentage play you watched Lytle kind of you know matriculate for lack of a better term his mm -hmm. way down the field they were running the ball well. He did his uh, job. Use, yeah, using the QB action. To me, you go in there and immediately change your game plan. Once again, classic chef. He goes away from what's been working for the entirety mm -hmm. of the drive, and it ends up stalling out. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, it's not the main reason they lost, but uh, he wasn't terrible, wasn't perfect today. And that's going to happen with, with coaches. You know, obviously you want to see them have their best game and the biggest game. Uh, and I think the biggest frustration I had was the start. Um, it's very clear that Chev believes that you should use the pass to set up the run. And I just don't think that's the way it should be with this football team. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, you know, he needed, he needed to change his philosophy on that. This team is a run first football team. And when you're a run first football team, you should quite literally run first. Uh, and I think you should use the run to set up the pass. With that being said, Sam Neuer early in the game, was freaking awesome yep um not on those first two drives but that helped him you know get going he was throwing darts he was throwing missiles uh it was really awesome to see hopefully he gets healthy for whatever this last game the buffs are going to play is because uh, you, you you know you'd hate to not have him out there mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're definitely not going to have nate landman out there so um i just didn't like that start i mean open with a play action pass okay i can get behind that run the ball on second down you know you you're one of your first two plays should be a run not your ninth play yeah and i think that that's fair you know to me just to play devil's advocate here the first two passes their first two plays were passes to levante chenault they pick up a first down and from there they call another pass play and then second down they they do the read option and sam keeps it and then third down they don't pick it up on a passing play it's ugly but at the same time when you look through the first couple of plays worked and they did get that first down the problem was that, I, I guess to me, that, that next first down is where you run it. But at that point, you are kind of cooking a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit of perception, though, right? I mean, you just had a guy run for 300 yards. There is that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't give him a ball yeah. on a handoff in his ninth play of the game. That's just, yep. you know, 
I understand what you're trying to do, and I'm sure they were, you know, Utah was stacked up against the run. Mm-hmm. They were expecting us to run it a ton, but still. I mean, you have to go out there and let your best men go against their best men and see if you come out on top or not. I agree. And and I think that that was a great way to put it. Just go at him and see who comes out on top. And you brought up that play action. The, the first play, Sam Neuer's back in the game. That's the opposite of what they did. They said, oh, you guys know that we're going to run right here because the quarterback is banged up. He hurt his shoulder. He's coming right back into the game. Of course he's going to be handing the ball off. And so they got a little bit too cute. And instead of saying, yeah, well, you guys can see it coming and we can just run right over you, the rollout and the throw, and it doesn't work, and all of a sudden you're second and 10 and just in a tough spot. I'm curious if Sam Neuer had any throws on the sideline before he came in. It looked like he ran directly out of the locker room and onto the field. And, again, you know, he's your guy, so you Mm want to get him out Mm -hmm. there. But it was very, very obvious that he was compromised from a throwing perspective. Uh, And, again... I would have liked to know that before I ran him back out yeah. there on the field and called a pass play on the first play, especially since Tyler Lytle, a completion, he did, he did his job. Play. I just, you know, you weren't in a desperate position to need to get him in there. It was first down, right? You just got a first down. So I'm just saying maybe you have Sam Norris throw three passes on the sideline and at least know that he's a little <laughs> bit compromised. Let uh, Tyler Lytle hand it off to Jarek Broussard on first and 10. Uh, and then see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a little Monday morning quarterback. Definitely. Right? Yep. We saw yep. the results. But, you know, Sam Neuer's your guy. So if he's hel- if he's healthy mm-hmm. enough to go out there and they let him go back on the field, he's going to come back out, even though Lytle was, was in a little bit of a rhythm. I know it looks bad in hindsight because we immediately stalled out after that. Yeah. But I understand where the staff is coming from. We made a choice to go with Sam Neuer to be your starting quarterback. If he's available to play, you're going to put him back out there. I do agree. Yep. Um, what else do you guys have for takeaways? Brendan Rice? That's a good one. I mean, that was... That's a good one. He's here. He's arrived. <laughs> um, that was awesome. You know, the punt return was electric. It was pretty easy. Only had to juke out the punter. Easy if um, you're fast. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, not easy for me or you or <laughs> no. Tyler. No, 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 no. Easy for him. <laughs> he just kind of ran around everyone and juke the worst player on the field. But still, that kind of got him going. And then you get the ball back to him, uh, and he makes another electric play. And then I get to another criticism of Darren Cheverini, which is... He was targeted, I believe, one more time in the game. It was the interception that Sam Neuer threw, which, mm-hmm. in hindsight, that one really hurt. Um, but, again, I just would have liked to see, you know, get get him the ball in space yeah. at least one more time to see what happens because, clearly, he has a lot better footing than all the people that he's running around. So, I uh, would have liked him to get the ball a little more, but forget that. Brennan Rice has arrived, uh, and it's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, hard not to be excited about his potential. I think – as soon as you saw him come into this program, there was big expectations there. A guy with a big body is just really good athlete. I mean, you see people question his speed a little bit, kind of the same way they question LaVisca Chenault. And we, we saw how that worked out in college as well. So I uh, walked out there and, you know, kind of interesting. Chenault scored, I think his first career touchdown was on a punt return in quotations, right? It was off a fumble. Yes. Um, uh, Isaiah Oliver fumbled a, yeah. a punt return and Visca picked it up and took it to the yeah, house. Yeah, so I had a little bit of a flashback for that. I thought Vontae <laughs> Chenault kind of a, along the same lines was really good today. He's been good for the last three or four weeks, in my opinion. They didn't use him a ton down the stretch either. No. I'll have to go back and watch the film, but it didn't really look like we went to our horses down the stretch of the game, which I don't love. The last big takeaway I have is I feel like this opened a window, and I told you guys that I don't like this um, because I don't want it for Nate. But I do feel like this opened a potential window for Nate Landman to come back. Um, And obviously from a purely selfish Buffs perspective, if you're looking through it through that lens, you 
clearly want him to come back next year. Tyler, you said, you know, you think he's our, he, he's a day three pick. I thought maybe, you know, he was working his way up uh, into the conversation to be a day two pick. I don't know if that's, you know, that was necessarily going to happen. But now coming off an injury, likely depending on the severity, uh, we don't know that yet, but looks like it'll probably be a pretty severe recovery for him. And it probably would take him out of uh, all of the, you know, the senior bowl, the combine, all of that stuff where he could really help himself. Uh, and so I don't want, I don't want that to happen to him. I want him to go to the NFL and secure the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which is good for the buffs too. Absolutely. Yeah. But it does feel like this may have opened the door for him to say, all right, well, I'm going to go back and prove myself again. Yeah. I'd start off by saying I'd still be surprised if he came back. So, would um, I. so we'll see how it plays out, but I, I tend to agree. I mean, he's kind of a, he's a victim of the game changing, right? 15 years mm-hmm. ago, he would probably be a first round pick. Yeah. You know, it's not really on him that he's not a three down backer in the NFL. There's just a lot of passing and that's just not his strength inside linebackers in general. Don't go high in the draft. So even the elite ones that are three tool players aren't going to get there, Mm -hmm. you know, from what we've seen in years past. So yeah, you know, it's a little bit like the Dinwiddie situation. I know it's a different sport, obviously, but Mm -hmm. coming off injury, he was a borderline first round pick lottery pick type of player. Ended up going in the second round. You know, his career has worked out for him just fine. So hopefully that happens to Nate too. But I would argue the combine and all that maybe won't hurt Nate as much. He's not an athlete. You know, he's not going to go in and put up gaudy numbers and all the drills. Senior he's, Bowl, though. Would, senior would Bowl, right. I mean, him. you, you want to see him on the field. That's where yeah. he makes his mark. You know, he's one of those guys, you're going to see his numbers. You're going to say, okay, how does he really translate? But then you put him on the field and he produces. So to me, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that's as big of a deal. It's just tough. I mean, it's tough to come off from injury when you're already a guy that has questions athleticism-wise at the next level. Yeah, and I mean, seeing what happened to the Buffs defense today without him certainly does not hurt his case to go to the NFL. No, I mean, geez. Yeah, uh, you know, given the Heisman, <laughs> for all I care. Like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I remember when Peyton Manning got injured the year before he came to the Broncos and they they went 1-15 or something yeah. without him. And it was like, just give him MVP. Like he didn't even play. Just give him MVP. Like he's clearly the most valuable player. He he gets them the number one seed every year, and then they lose him, and they're one in fifteen. That's how I feel about Nate Landman. Just give him the Heisman. You know, he's clearly the, the most important player to an mm-hmm. undefeated team. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter said this was as you know, if there's a Buckus Award statement game, him getting hurt might be the one. I mean, yeah. the, the results were so much so dramatically different on the field with him gone and it just shows like how many different things he does like obviously it's like the tackles for loss and the sacks and like that kind of stuff that you notice when you're watching the game but he's also the one who does all the alignments make sure everybody's in the right spot and, and when you start to see a lot they were was. not they were not and he's the guy who's supposed to be like relaying the calls and all that kind of stuff and when that piece of your defense is gone it's hard to recover it's hard to recover. It reminds you of the intricacies of football, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can literally take one player being in the wrong spot to go, you know, you have a two-yard loss or a touchdown. I mean, yep. it's especially defensively, alignment is so huge in the results of a game. It's everything. I mean, you hear – in college, you hear this infinitely more, infinitely more there you go. than you hear it in, in uh, the NFL because it doesn't really happen in the NFL, but the term run fits. It's literally about fitting your players to the way that they're going to run the ball. It doesn't happen in the NFL because they just know it and they fit it almost every time. In, in, the, uh, in the college game, you saw it time after time after time. Like 
when have, you rarely see this Buffs defense when Nate Landman's on the field get gashed for a long run, and it's because they're yeah. fitting it, and mm-hmm. there's just nowhere to – there's not giant gaps to run through, so yeah, frustrating. I mean, it, it talks about where this program is right now. I mean, we're, in, we're improving our depth, I think, overall, but there's still a long ways to go. I mean, Alabama loses their best linebacker. A five-star comes in. You don't even notice. Yep. Yeah. And that's – you know, we're not going to be Alabama. I get that. But there still is work to be done in terms of getting quality depth into the program. Linebacker, mm-hmm. just on its own, has been a problem for a while uh, in terms of recruiting depth. Right, depth, yeah. Obviously, you have Nate and Carson on the outside, mm-hmm. but – they, I mean, this team, you know, every time Nate Landman went out last, you know, he uh, thankfully he didn't have any targeting issues this year. But yeah. remember, you yeah. know, in the, in the past couple of years, Nate Landman targeting, oh boy, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a journey <laughs> from here on out. Uh, and so that's something that they definitely want to work on. Um, and hopefully just the value of Nate Landman just shows the staff, like we should, make recruiting linebacker a big priority for this team moving forward yeah i've got one more takeaway before we move along um they can they can make the deep ball work like when sam neuer starts throwing downfield i mean we haven't seen it a whole lot up to this point but today they were hitting on some of those shots you saw a bunch of different receivers make plays downfield how how real is what we saw and like just assuming sam neuer comes back next year do we expect to see that going forward I think it's definitely a, a building block mm-hmm. game for him from that perspective. I don't know how it got cold out and the ball started popping off <laughs> Sam Neuer's hand more. <laughs> like, what is with that? Like, you, you know, usually you expect it to get cold and spe- like Steven Montez in the cold. It was like uh, off a cliff. And, you know, it just didn't feel like he had a good grip on the ball and the ball wasn't mm-hmm. popping and he's kind of just lobbing it, it felt like all the time. Sam Neuer got out there, and it looks like he got a power boost from the snow. Uh, <laughs> just absolute lasers. The throw to Maurice Bell in the corner, I do not feel I'm exaggerating when I say that's about as good of a throw as you can ever see from a college quarterback. Yeah. And so the it was just absolutely launching off of his hand, uh, and he can. that's definitely something you can build on, and hopefully he plays next week and you can build on that a little bit more. Um, but I think that'll, that should be a part of the, the, the offense next season if he's back. Yeah, I mean, I think it shows that him confident, he's capable of making any throw. Now, do I want deep balls to be a big part of our offense? No, but you have to absolutely prove that you can do it. I mean, it makes you a lot easier to defend if you can't at any point throw the ball deep. So you have to at least do it multiple times a game. I mean, you obviously want to hit one of those because it does stretch out the defense, but you have to at least attempt it multiple times for sure. If you have Jarek Broussard running and this offensive line blocking and all that stuff, you should be able to get safeties into the box, and then you should be able to get single coverage on the Brendan Rices and the Daniel Ariases and you know the the whoever else out there. You know the Vontation all. It's like you have the talent to be able to get downfield with your receivers. You have the game. You should have the game plan to be able to get those guys open. You'd love to see Sam start hitting those. Yep. Just to circle back really quick. Sorry. I, it, the offense, you know, Nate Lamon going out doesn't really affect the offense. I mean, it does to some degree, but it does, you know, the way that Sam played in the first half, there was a big difference in the second half with the results, right? So somewhere along the way, whether you want to call it Chev, whether you want to call it the players on the field, something flipped in the second half. You know, obviously Nate's injury can affect you mentally too, but the switch went off at some point in the second half for sure. Yeah, and the offense uh, on the other side of things didn't help the defense without Nate Landman much at all. Mm-hmm. I think the Buffs had the ball for a very, maybe a couple of minutes in the third quarter. Uh, obviously, you have the long touchdown, which 
you yeah. love, uh, but it resulted in the defense being on the field for almost the entirety of the third quarter. Yeah. Um, let's move on to our uh, draft king of the game. Oh, not yet. We're going to start with helmet stickers, actually, and we'll close off our helmet stickers with uh, the draft king of the game, or draft king's king of the game. They're separate words. I always screw that up. Um, so, Tyler, uh, the, the way helmet stickers works is basically we give out helmet stickers to, to the players. <laughs> well, many, just to make sure we're on the same page. Um, you get two. Yeah, right. you get two. Uh, who who wants to go one. first? You can go. Can I, start, can I say first half Sam Neuer? Yeah, I love that distinction, yeah. Yeah, first half Sam Neuer. First half, Sam Neuer, you want more of that. Real quick, do you guys think he will be the quarterback next year? Yes. I do, too. I do, too. That's, I mean, That's got to excite you. That makes definitely. You, it makes you feel more confident. Obviously, the best case scenario is he comes back, and then Brendan Lewis takes the job from him. Like If that happens, then everyone will be really excited. Um, not, It's not the best thing for Sam Neuer, but um, I think there's definitely a chance that, uh, that he will come back. Um, that leads into a good question. People are asking, who's a better QB, Neuer or Montez? Neuer. Well, uh, it, it depends. <laughs> this is a, you know, that's the that's we've literally the Montez <laughs> story. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Neuer is on that same trajectory as well, though. He has big moments and he has moments that really make you scratch your head. Mm -hmm. I would say the, this game is a perfect description. Of I think if this was Sam Neuer's third year as a starter, you might not be seeing that stuff. And unfortunately for for Steven Montez, his bad habits never went away. Yeah, I mean, I would say. Montez's freshman year might have been his best season as well. <laughs> so it's, it's, I guess the answer is they're similar, would be my response. Mm -hmm. I would say, though, I mean, Neuer's played five games. It's really hard to get a true answer one way or the other. Neuer, end. certainly more of a weapon on the ground, except for that freshman season yeah. for Steven Montez, where obviously, you know, he had a 100 yard rushing game against Oregon. Um, I don't know. <sighs> It's tough. It's tough. Uh, I want. I, I spoke too soon when I said Neuer right off the bat. It's it's an interesting conversation. I'll say this. If you have one of those guys to win you a big game, Steven Montez has won some really big games. Yeah. Uh, and Sam Neuer, not yet. So you just don't know. The, the difference for me would quickly be Neuer in bigger – he's turned the ball over more than Montez has. And Montez is a frustration. There's no doubt about that. He had games like that. But at the end of the day, you definitely want – you can't waste – possessions with turnovers mm -hmm. like that has hurt us in a lot the last of couple games a lot of people in the comments are talking about Neuer's confidence and that being very and different leadership. than Steven Montes and, and Steven wasn't a, necessarily a bad leader uh, you know he had his moments but you just do feel like this team plays for Sam Neuer at a lot of uh, on the offensive side of the ball and we saw that immediately like like it wasn't something that we've like slowly learned about Sam like what or yeah watched and been like oh yeah I feel like I'm starting to see something it was like the first time he was on the field, you saw that. Like, the way he was taking hits, the way he was, like, jumping through guys or trying to or something. But, like, Sweet. doing all the things that he does, it just does fire you up a little bit. And I think that that is a very real value that you have to consider. I, I also think that all of his teammates saw the road that Sam Neuer went on, switching to safety, mm -hmm. then wanting to transfer. So they really want to fight for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a better conversation to have if he comes back next year and we mm -hmm. can see him for a, a full real season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he definitely has that Cepho yep. gumption yeah. about him that Montez never had. Um, he's kind of a blend of both guys, right? I mean, he's definitely more aggressive on the ground, kind of like Cepho was. 
turned the ball over a lot early in his career, kind of like Sefo did as well. But the toughness, the grit, I mean, mm-hmm. and you could tell both of those quarterbacks, the guys around him played for that quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Just to wrap this up, like assuming Sam Neuer does come back next year and is the starting quarterback, what do you want to see him improve upon over the offseason? Seeing linebackers. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a safety. He's real great at seeing safeties. Mm-hmm. Um he has he doesn't see the linebackers. I want yeah. I want to see like Carl Durrell just have like all of the linebackers hiding in different places of the locker room and Sam has to point them all out. <laughs> like oh, where's Waldo? Yeah. yeah. Where's the linebacker? It's true though. It's turnovers. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all of the same variety as well. You can tell he's not seeing the defender. Um, you have to get better with your eyes. And I thought today or early on especially he was going through his progressions, which is something that he struggles with at times too. But, yeah, I mean, you just can't have turnovers in big games like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can play poorly, but if you don't turn the ball over, you'll likely have a chance. If you if you turn the ball over a lot, you're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah, I like it. Um, there's one more comment okay. about just the QB situation. If Sam Neuer comes back, is that a, a QB competition with Lewis? You hope. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, if Lewis could challenge him, like, if he has a nice camp, but I would expect Sam Neuer to be the guy. Like, he has done enough in my mind. Like, there are the mistakes. It's, what, five interceptions now in five games. That's a big enough sample size to say, like, this is something that is a problem. Um, and that does scare you. But with all the other things he brings, like, the the natural ability, the, the arm talent, just the way he can throw the ball. I mean, I... Not having seen a lot of Brendan Lewis passing the football, I would say he cannot throw a football anywhere close to the way that Sam Neuer can. Yeah, I hope, I hope uh, you know, he's getting stronger and developing mm-hmm. arm strength and all those things during this season. Um, like I said, best case scenario, it would be really good news for the Buffs if the coaches look at Brendan Lewis in camp and say, that guy actually gives us a better chance to win than, what, the sixth-year senior or something, fifth-year mm-hmm. senior. Um, so, you, you know back of your mind you kind of hope that happens i think the likelihood is that uh, you know sam neuer comes back and hopefully makes some improvements as a quarterback now that he has real game tape of himself at the pac-12 level playing and can work on that stuff uh and you're not going to be sad about how what how many years is it? Will, it, will it be his fifth sam yeah so fifth year senior at quarterback it's one of the best advantages you can have as a as an experienced fifth year senior at quarterback there's a very very good chance he would be the quarterback he yeah, has I mean, uh sorry ali five touchdowns or five interceptions through four games. He didn't throw an interception during UCLA scheme. Just, Oh yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, so one more Sam Noir question. Um, what are the expectations for him as a starter next year? If it does happen, like, like is all pack 12, is that realistic or is that a stretch? No, I don't. I mean, I don't think so, but mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, the pack 12 traditionally has pretty good quarterback play, which well, makes it more difficult. You're not going to have, Slovis, right? Slovis will still be Everybody there. Oh, he back. will be. Yep. That's okay. what you got to remember. Everyone, everyone can, can come, come back. back. Will, but can he go? He can't. Oh, he can't go. Okay. Nope. So he'll be there. That's your probably your biggest competition. Jaden Daniels. Daniels is also probably yeah. your biggest competition. Yeah. Those guys are yeah. going to be the favorites. Yeah. After that, though, you know, you can start to make a case for moving up into third, which if that happens, everyone will be really happy. Yeah. And there are a lot of good young quarterbacks across the Pac-12 yeah. right now. Gabby, uh and Delora and like a whole bunch of guys that you're at least excited to see what the next step will be. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's really, it's not really an indictment on Neuer in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you just need improvement. I think that's Mm -hmm. really the expectation, right? Going back to the previous conversation, 
you know, it's better for next year's results if Neuer wins the job, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. it might not it might not be the case in terms of the long-term health of the program, you know, if Brendan Lewis goes out and wins the job, because obviously you have to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. But next year, going into the next year with the same quarterback in year two is probably better for your short-term prospects. I think so. I definitely think so. Um, more helmet stickers. King uh, of the game. Oh, you want to go king of the game now? Cool. Yeah. Um, here's our Draft Kings king of the game. Uh, that you guys are now seeing it is Brendan Rice who touched the ball two times which was enough for him to win king of the game actually touched it a third and dropped it but we won't talk about that right now uh the which which was more impressive to you guys the touchdown that he caught or the touchdown he returned catch easy yeah um yeah he took away an angle mm-hmm. with his legs you know mm-hmm. when he caught that you're like okay like he, he makes a move he gets himself to the outside and you're like okay oh, this is gonna be a big play and then you know you, you see the whoever it was safety probably coming over and it looks like he has the angle and oh suddenly it's a worse angle and suddenly it's a worse angle and there he goes yeah you know like like Tyler said his speed has come into question uh, as as a prospect and uh, so that dumb. play right there is probably gonna put a lot of those uh, those questions as to it bed. should I mean you have to have a special level of speed to break angles the way that he did on that play I don't I mean I'm not sure if a casual football fan would see that play and, un- and understand what happened there but I mean that's a play that you look at if you froze the frame it's a seven yard gain mm-hmm. that's how you mm-hmm. would see that mm-hmm. and he blew the angle scored a touchdown that's that's when you have next level athleticism yeah, and it's so crazy that he was seen as, like, a slow guy. And I feel like it's just because he was so big. Yep. But, like, you mm-hmm. go back and watch him, like, even freshman year in high school, he's he's running by everybody. He's running over everybody. He's running around everybody. Like, it's, it's uh, he's just a really special athlete, and that's okay to just accept it and not try to find problems with him because he's so big. Maybe he's slow. Yeah, I mean, and LaVisca had that same exact mm-hmm. thing. He wasn't even the highest-rated wide receiver on his team. It's crazy. He wasn't even the highest-weighted wide receiver we got from that high school in that <laughs> draft class. Yeah. So, I mean, you, but you watch the film and you see what apparently no one else sees. I don't know. I mean, Brendan was the same way. He was a late bloomer, a guy that definitely got better later on in his career. And I think maybe – I hate to bring up Jerry here, but when that's your dad, they're going to look at every little nitpick they possibly can just just so they can say you're Why not you your aren't dad. His dad. Exactly. Yeah. so dumb. And, like – you know, it's become like a little bit of a bit that all of, all of the I don't want to call them outsiders. Maybe they are outsiders. You know, that's Brendan or that's Jerry Rice's son, Jerry Rice's son. So like, we on as the insiders are trying to say like, no, that's Brendan Rice. But <laughs> in the end, it's really cool that it's Jerry Rice's son, and you're right when it comes to that comparison. Okay, well, how is he not going to be Jerry Rice? Well, everyone ever is not going to be. Jerry yeah, Rice. right. That's what the frustrating <laughs> aspect of it is for sure. Um, I'll take the next helmet sticker um, with Mustafa Johnson. He made a couple of plays up the middle and just showed again why he is seen the way he is throughout the conference, throughout the country as a draft prospect. Like he is just a very good football player who day in and day out is going to give you production from the defensive line spot. An interior pass rush is incredibly valuable. Um, And um, especially with Carson Wells on the edge, he was just super valuable today, and it's just so nice to see him do it over and over and over again. Yeah. I'll give my first one to Jarek Broussard. Not his best game as a buff by any means, but we knew it was going to be way tougher for him to run out there, and I felt like he kept the running game alive by making special plays that most running backs can't make. 
um, you know, several big cutbacks, uh, some big broken tackles. You know, I think he's leading the conference in yards after contact. Uh, his contact balance is amazing. We've talked about that a lot. So it wasn't a special game from him, but I think in a different circumstance, the Buffs would have ended up having to abandon the run much earlier in the game because they wouldn't have a guy who's seeing these tiny little lanes making one move uh, and making something out of it. So he he kept the, the run game alive just by making special plays. Obviously, the fumble cannot happen, um, but you, you know sometimes you're falling down and they punch it out and they make a really good play. That was more good play Utah for me than bad play Jarek. Yeah, I mean, you talk about his game, right? I mean, how many times have we seen a guy get tackled behind the line of scrimmage when he's not in there? And then the same exact play develops with him in there and he finds a way to get five yards. I mean, sometimes that's the difference between an elite running back and an average one. It's mm-hmm. the, the five-yard runs, not the 60-yard runs. A little worried about um, you know, how some of these players who have been complaining that they don't get the ball more <laughs> are going to be after a loss. Uh, yeah. Because these have been complaints after a win, which is a big pet peeve of mine. Um, and I'm, I, I, we haven't been on Twitter, obviously, since the show started, but I'm worried that there's going to be some, some people who are upset that they didn't get the ball more in, in a big game. I hate that so much. Me too. I hate that so much. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, just don't put it on Twitter. It's yeah, a and, tough and thing about this era. It just seems like such a weird thing when you're like, kind of secretly like hinting at bashing people who you're spending all day with. Like, it's not like us where it's like, you don't you don't see Darian Hagen all that often, but for running back to be like, oh, how are they putting him out him out there instead of me? Like this just doesn't make sense. And then yeah. going into the meeting rooms the next day, like that has to be incredibly uncomfortable. Right, like me tweeting out like, wow, cannot believe Henry didn't ask me to be on his podcast this week. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, they, they were bad. Yeah, and then me just like walking into work, being like, what's up, Henry? I'm gonna I know. S- I'm gonna start subtweeting you guys from the other pod accounts. <laughs> um, that is a really weird dynamic. Like, I just can't I mean, imagine. Like, we can all see it with our eyes that Joe Davis shouldn't be out there, but it's weird for like his peer to be saying that about him. Like it doesn't need to be said. Like no. it's it's obvious, right? Because what he the he had the last game he got a bunch of carries. It was like ten for eighteen yards, I think. And yeah, today he 16, had maybe something like today that. he had two for zero with a long of four. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, part of it is play calling, right? I mean, the play, yeah. the play call that they put in. That's on that. Him. I think it was a four yard loss. Mm-hmm. They took Jarek out of the game and then ran a sideline route run with Joe it's, Davis. It's, like, wait, that's not smart in any situation. Like, no. that's not his game. He's not going to he's not successful with that run. Like, that can't happen. Um, the comments came through with some of the tweets that have been going. Oh, Keith Miller, of course, is tweeting Miller. during we the game. We did see yes. the Keith yes. Miller one. So he's just redshirting? Yeah. I, I mean, everybody technically to, is redshirting. But I mean, but, like, you have to be not on the sideline to have your phone. So Again, you'd think, but these, like, weird subtweets have gone so far that I'm not totally sure. Okay. And then um, Ashad tweeted, I'll be in a different position next season. And Keith retweeted that. Yeah, I think Ashok tweeted that a couple days ago. That, I mean, that can be interpreted in many different ways. I'm not going to get into interpreting That's kind of his game, though. Yeah. <laughs> I still have true. the notifications on. I'm not, I mean, I already <laughs> did this with Jerry Judy once this week. I'm not getting into the uh, reading between the lines of the tweets of kids. Usually they're a lot more overt about it, like, give me the rock, or why the F am I not playing like <laughs> Keith Miller was. I, you know, no, uh, no reading between the lines necessary there. I forgot Ben was here. 
Yeah, you guys have, uh, may have noticed a big ass on your screen. That was that was Ben's as he was walking through to sit down on his uh, chair. So uh, you Ben, think it's big? as always, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All well, ben, right, all <laughs> right. Um, ben has been in the other room uh, listening in to the Zoom press conference, Long and time. Um, let's just put these helmet stickers on hold for a second. Ben, what'd you learn? Yeah, lots of disappointment, as I'm sure the the vibe is You're the kidding. same in here. I know, right? Yeah. Shocker there. You know, Carl Durrell, he's always a, a mild mannered guy, but today you could tell it was just different. You know, he, his answers to responses. He, he, was a, he was very satirical in some of his replies. For example, uh, somebody asked, you know, how, how do the field conditions, you know, hurt your team? What about the tarp? And he kind of chuckled. And he was like, well, Utah played on the same field we did. I'm not going to make that as an excuse. And it, it's kind of interesting. You know, that's a good reason that, you know, that's a good reply. But his responses just felt a little bit, uh, a little bit more sassy, <laughs> if you will. Um, <laughs> I'd like some sass. Yeah, no, cl well. clearly disappointed. Uh, you know, said we didn't play like our normal selves. He talked about Landman's injury officially done for the year, mm -hmm. lower leg injury, as I'm sure we all assumed. Um, and he also said, you know, we have the next man up mentality. And Darian Rakestraw talked about that earlier or later on in the post or in the presser as well. Next man up mentality, and that's fine. That's a great mentality to have, but you have a one of the nation's best linebackers. I think it's okay to expect a drop in production. And both Rakestraw and Carl Durrell said, you know, we want to have our backups go in there and do the same job. We expect the same thing, and it's just, you know, I, I get that's the standard answer you're going to give, but this is one of the nation's top linebackers. I think it would be a little arrogant to not expect that kind of a drop. There's a big difference between next man up mentality and next man up talent. Yeah, <laughs> you can have we we might have one of those things. We do not have both. Well, next man up mentality has always been hilarious to me because you don't really have a choice. Someone else has to come out there. And <laughs> we don't have the next man the up mentality. We're no, going with ten. Yeah. <laughs> going so, again. Yeah. I've never really understood it. And you know, if yeah, if that's going to be your approach, that you're going to bring in a backup linebacker to replace his production and make no adjustments, no scheme changes, well. You That's get a 28, 20, <laughs> 28 to zero run to end the yeah, game, and sure that is a, a coaching adjustment that we were. I was banging the table for as soon as Nate went out. I said, "Okay, now you have to pack the box," and I kept saying, six man box." And then they kept breaking runs. Um, so that I guess that is a, a Tyson Summers criticism. Is you mm -hmm. they? It doesn't really look like it didn't really look like they said, "Okay, let's take let's pull all the uh, the Nate Landman emergency cord." Uh, and stack the box and hope that our, uh, you know, our secondary guys can win on one-on-ones on the outside. And they weren't doing that with Britton Covey, that's for sure. But, you know, you, you, you got to have a, a chance to stop the run. Yeah. You know, obviously the first half defense played great, only giving up 10 points. But there were two very big slights on Tyson Summers today. It is the defensive adjustments, and there was no plan plan for Covey on on the outside he was he was going everywhere he was doing so much for that Utah offense and as the game went on there was just no sign of a reaction um on Neuer's injury as well he said doctors say it's, it's going to be fine um he said he's actually been dealing with a sore, sore shoulder excuse me for the majority of the season solid decision to slam it into a massive linebacker. yeah you know <laughs> and, and and I think that's that's a fair criticism of Sam Neuer I mean we've been talking about it all season you got to learn when you're taking the smart hits and I'm sure you've talked about Sam Neuer at length at this point um, hopefully somebody gave him a helmet sticker because I sure as heck will. But we didn't. Yet. Well, oh, first half, right? we get first half. First half. First half, first half, half you know what? Do you I think. Uh, do you think he meant to do it, or do you think maybe he didn't realize that linebacker was there? 
Oh no, he was trying to oh, run. I see, what <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, oh, yeah, he oh, did that. That's did the first time I've seen <laughs> Sam Neuer try to run someone over and go absolutely nowhere. So credit to that linebacker. You ever wonder what would happen? Like just Nate Landman, Sam Neuer going at it in practice. <laughs> Nate Landman would win. I think so. But what are the percentages? I just don't. <laughs> I hope it never has happened, <laughs> or else we know why his shoulder is sore. Yeah. Nate would have suspended if he hit Sam Neuer the way that he does everyone else. Yeah. Seriously. So um, the the only other major takeaway, I'll be honest, because Carl Durrell, again, very very disappointed, whatnot. Brendan Rice got up to the podium, which it was nice to hear from him because obviously he had a fantastic day. Our DraftKings King of the Game. Um, he was asked if it was a bittersweet day, and he said, you know, it was a good first half, but we couldn't keep pace. Um, and he was also asked so if... He, did he answer that directly at all? Did he say, no, yes, it is a bittersweet day? Just kind of danced around it, okay. which I thought was a, a pretty good answer, <laughs> all things considered. I would have preferred the just bitter, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yeah. It's better than tweeting why the F. Am I no, you know, and, no, yeah, that is yes, true. And, <laughs> and I think he did a good job of maintaining actually a team vision out there. He was asked if after the screen pass in the third quarter, obviously the one that broke it open 21 10. He said, you know, how was your reaction? Did the team feel like it was over then? And he said he was ecstatic, but at the same time we talked about, you know, this game's not over, we got to keep it up. And so I think he actually did do a good balance with my first time hearing him speak about it of saying, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, he's a young kid. He's going to be excited about having a great game, but at the same time keeping that team focus and that team mentality. Other than that, the only big takeaway was just talking about the tackling issues. Darian Rakeshaw, multiple times, no excuse for missed tackles, no excuse for missed tackles. Carl Durrell said the same thing. And it's great to hear them say that on the podium, but that's one of those things where, you know, we're five weeks into the season at this point. I, it's not something that I think is going to change overnight. Now, it, it's not, it hasn't been an issue all the, season. I thought the conditions but, were the main reason yeah. for that. And mm -hmm. I don't want to make excuses, but I said it from like the first three plays of the game, I was like, ah, they look un unconfident in their footing out there. Uh, and when you, like, defense especially, if you aren't confident in your feet, you're in big, big trouble. Well, yeah. and sometimes you are confident when maybe you shouldn't be. And, and you go sliding out you, of the play. Yeah, and you look at what happens to Nate Landman as well yeah. because, again, don't we don't know what happened. What but happened. I mean, Utah yeah. missed a lot of tackles too, let's yep, be true. honest. I mean, you can say that the condition – you can't say the conditions had no effect. No, they had a big whether effect. or not it's the biggest effect you can make an argument but right you know it is just natural when you're reacting to someone else and you don't have solid footing it makes it a lot more difficult extremely yeah so i mean you know altogether not not the most in-depth post-game presser i've seen because obviously these guys are dealing with a lot but carl durrell seemed mildly optimistic about how he wanted to see his locker room respond um because this is the first time he's coached a, a team here in, in boulder where you've had this kind of adversity obviously four no start and i think there's reason for that to be optimistic i think fans can can kind of buy into that because at the end of the day this team is far and away better than any of us would have thought coming into today so it's a tough loss colorado had a lot on the line today and they didn't step up but at the same time, we've seen a lot of improvement from them, and I do think that that's something to to kind of keep in mind. How so, about a helmet sticker? Oh, I was just saying, doesn't it feel like a guarantee now that USC is going to find a way to blow it? Oh, probably. <laughs> I mean, feels like that's <laughs> just to make it worse. That's uh, tough shit. Uh, I I don't even want to think about that. Um, uh, helmet sticker. Yeah, I, I I've done it every week. I've got to keep it going. I'm going whole game, Sam Neuer. Because oh. whoa, and you know uh, that's bold. Wait, 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 wait. First half, Sam Neuer is taken. So you, you have to you take have to second half. half. <laughs> fine. That's You'll take second half Sam Neuer? I'll take second half <laughs> Sam Neuer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with this kid. And here's why. He showed a lot of toughness and wanted to hang into that game. Whether or not that was for the best is probably up for debate. Because on that last drive, you know, 
he on, on the very last drive he was out there, his arm looked pretty shot. But when really he re-entered shot. that game, <laughs> the, they did not put him in a position to win. I think I heard you guys talking about it. Your first play that you come back in with a quarterback and a shoulder injury, and you have him roll out and chuck the ball up the field. I mean, why are you getting away from what you're doing? So I think... He showed a lot of toughness. He showed he's willing to fight for his teammates. And that's why people believe in him as a leader. For a kid in his fifth start, I keep calling him a kid. He's probably older than me. He's yeah. certainly yeah. older than you, um, Ben. But he is much <laughs> older than you, Ben. But you're a kid too. So. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somehow, McKinley Wright took your ankles last? Yeah, come on. Okay, neck beard. Shoulder beard, right? Shoulder, Shoulder beard. beard. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Right. Um, what I was saying before I was rudely interrupted. Uh, <laughs> no, by it, yourself? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> yes, you, you yes, it was. <laughs> oh, that's my bad. Look, I, I, I think people sh- – I'm still in on Sam Neuer. I think he's going to develop a lot. He's still young. He's still got a lot of areas to improve, absolutely. But I don't think this is a time to start calling for a, a QB controversy for this season, obviously. And, and going into next year, he's definitely got the leg up. Yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think you make some good points there. And I do – I look back on that play right out of the – right when he comes back and – and like, did did he talk to? I just he ran out of the locker, and we saw that happening. And then he was in on the next play. Like, I want to know, like, did Chev say, like, hey, do you have this play in you? And he said yes. And if so, okay, well then, that's fine. But it almost looked yeah. like remember uh, in Harry Potter when he breaks his arm and they inject that stuff and it makes it so he doesn't even have any bones and he just has like a floppy. <laughs> that's kind of what it seemed like Sam Neuer had when he came back into the game. Like he went from having a rocket to just like a floppy thing. <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i said um okay uh who's up next for a helmet sticker me i think yeah if we're going i don't know we don't go in order Ryan, have you given a helmet sticker have i no yeah yeah you yeah that's right so then yes Um, tyler i'm gonna give one to makai blackman good i'm glad somebody did people probably haven't this year and he's been pretty good throughout the season he got picked today um you know he finally gets on the board with one of those and utah avoided him I mean, I look. I think back on all the Britain Covey plays. I don't think Mackay was guarding him for any of them. So you know, he he did his part out there, covered his half of the field. So good game for him for sure. Yeah. I yeah. also uh, let me pull up that interception. Mm, we get to look at highlights. There I wasn't is. sure how many highlights there would be because uh, Hold on. of the loss. I just don't think a field should look like that when it's not snowing. All right, people can yeah. see the screen. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear more about the field. Like, what were the other options? Yeah, if they do tarp it, why, why wouldn't they in this I, situation? Yeah. I don't know how much a tarp is, but it seems like a good investment. And if not, I, I feel like Buffs fans would have pooled money. Or <laughs> pooled tarps and sewn them together. Oh. <laughs> That's how they make those 100-yard... Uh, Blanket drive. Uh, American flag. It's like a bunch <laughs> of little pieces all sewed together. Really? Mm-hmm. A bunch of... Huh. There's only like nine that exist in the world. Really? Yeah. So, anyways, they could have they could have got one of those and laid it down before it started. <laughs> yeah. Um. Back to football. Um. I'll I'll give a helmet sticker. I still have one to give. I'll go Carson Wells. Uh, he was very good again. I mean, you you think back to the sack he had right after Nate Landman leaves the game. Such an important moment. Somebody needed to do something. I think that Buffs fans who are watching, I think the coaches on the sideline, I think the players on the sideline, Rick George, everybody's thinking, oh, God, what is about to happen to this defense that just lost Nate Landman? And what happened was Carson Wells turned the corner, got into the backfield, got the quarterback down on the ground, and that was a huge play. Now, what happened from then on wasn't perfect, but 
it was something that was very needed, and of course it wasn't the only play he made this game, and it certainly wasn't one of few plays he's made this season. He's been everywhere in every game, and he deserves another helmet sticker. I'll give my last one to uh, Vontae Chenault. Man, he he just makes plays when he's out there. Um, I'm really excited about his future, and you know Tyler was talking about it when we were watching the game, like. Everyone thought that it was just like a legacy, like, oh, you, you know, you'll bring in Visca's little brother and, uh, you know, it'll be a cool little story for them to be on the same team. And it was more like, no, he's also a baller, a very different baller, mm -hmm. but also a baller. Uh, he makes the one-handed catch downfield today. Sweet play. Um, and again, you know, it just goes into uh, how many guys, how many weapons you have that you can use downfield. Yep. Yeah. My one last one, I'm going to give to uh, Maurice Bell. Great oh, yeah. game, um, I, and he's been someone who's kind of been in and out of the offense. He he was really involved in the first couple weeks, took a step back. You know, maybe that was because KD Nixon was healthy and, the, you know, just how the rotation worked. But he had a great game today, you know, four catches and a fantastic touchdown catch, um, which really was a fantastic throw, but also for him to maintain focus, focus. in traffic. Um, you know, great game for him. Drops are a problem with this Buffs team. I don't think Maurice Bell had one today. I can't remember one for him. Um, so I'll give him some credit for that as well as one of the Buffs receivers kind of holding on to the ball. Yeah. Um, part of the reason for the drops, I mean, obviously half of it is that it's freezing cold outside. But then I think a, a very significant portion is just how hard Sam Neuer throws the ball. Yeah. Those are not easy balls to catch. And I, I hope that the receivers get used to it in time for next season. But it's, it's not easy to do. Yeah, it's they mean, are he here. Probably hurts. Too. Yeah, yeah. Utah was dropping passes, so again, yeah. conditions were problematic there. But yes, Neuer throws a very hard ball. Doesn't matter how far he's throwing. I didn't even, mm -hmm. you know, going back to the field conditions. I didn't even think about the fact that, like, you know, they're not normally playing games at Folsom Field on December twelfth. That is true. Another. I think this was the tenth coldest day in Buffs history where they played a game. It's just like another thing that's just like a little, th a little change that happens because of COVID. That ends up really costing them because I I do kind of blame the field conditions for Nate Landman's injury. Uh, you don't normally just possibly break your leg uh, just running around out there unless you know you're running on ice or whatever they were out there. So uh, just sucks. They're, they're not normally playing games at Folsom Field December twelfth. Speaking of, um, we have a question on Sherman's injury. Any oh, update nice. on that? He didn't give any update. I know he went back into the game, so I, I think he should be good to go. Um, but, yeah, as far as the injuries go, Carl only talked about Sam Neuer and, um, and, and, and Nate Landman. Uh, I have a helmet sticker because you guys Ooh, yeah. haven't said Nate Landman. Mm. That's, and I oh, my goodness, like, that is a good one. How could you forget? And I'm going to bring up a picture that is going to make me – that made me sad, um, but Aww. for you guys to see, and you see Sam His Neuer face. on there. Wow, yeah, I was just hoping leadership. to be sad. Wow. <laughs> I've been sitting here thinking, huh, I wish I could see something sad. <laughs> Glad we God, saw that. Man. Wow, that sure is sad. I and, mean, he just deserves uh, a helmet sticker every single game. He's been incredible for the buffs, and, of course, prayers to him for a speedy recovery. I always say there's something powerful about seeing a grown man cry, and usually you're not talking about you know 23 year olds, but uh, that's seeing a grown man cry, and it's uh, it's tough. It's really tough to swallow. My heart goes out to Nate Lamon and all that, but it is kind of funny to see Ziskin sitting there with all the buffs. 
like he is on the field. <laughs> um, but you do but, see Sam Neuer there, like and you it. saw him after last week with um, Chance. Like he, his leadership shows every single time, especially when his teammates get injured. Yep. Shout I out really to my full game helmet sticker, Sam Neuer. I really, really hope that's not the the last image of yeah. Nate Landman in black and gold. I hope to never see that photo ever again. I know, I'm and, sorry. And real quick on that, too, Nate Landman missed the entire second half, still was the second leading tackler with six <laughs> tackles. Darren Rakestraw had seven. So he it's didn't like. tackle very many people after he left. Yeah, that's it, true. It, it's just, you know, again, next man up mentality. But when you've got a generational talent at middle linebacker who really transforms your team, I mean, it's understandable why the air kind of came out from that defense. Alex is asking, did Landman win a Buffs Heart Award? Mm. Oh, did they give out the Buffalo Heart? They haven't they yet for the season. Yet, yeah. Okay. But did, has he won one? He has well, not it's, won. It's almost always a senior. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. So probably – so no. Not yet. Uh, we're I, good with questions all, right now, by the way. So send in all of your questions because we're doing those right now. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, give us, like, the like and the subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Click on the little bell so that the – you get the notifications. They don't. I, I do. I don't think they actually make a bell sound when you get the notification. But it's the unless you have that image. setting on your, your phone. Choice. Oh yeah, I guess you could change that. Uh -huh. Huh. I always feel like I want to leave the apps on whatever the natural. Like like Tinder has its own sound. Snapchat has its own sound. And can we get the Tinder sound? What's the Tinder sound? Da -da 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 -da. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Exciting. I can do better. Something I've never heard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. We I wish have I heard some questions, more. and this one I know Ryan's going to love. Can we all agree no black on black helmets ever again? <laughs> I was going to say, can up. I give an, an anti-helmet sticker to a helmet? No, you can't because okay. that would be a I'm waste of our time. I'm removing a helmet sticker from black helmets. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, you can tell me how much this doesn't matter. It's juju. And why would you invite uh. bad juju? I just don't understand. Black helmets, they're just gone. They're done forever. It's okay. We already have the best helmet ever. It's gold. We don't need black ones. We can use white ones and gray ones and purple and blue and any other anything you want. No more black helmets ever. I just, we need to bring black helmets out for like CSU. Okay, now no. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I don't that's want bad good. juju. Then bring it out for like South Dakota State. Yeah. And and if you lose that one, then you definitely put it to bed forever. <laughs> yeah. When you win, you might be able to revive it. That's I like that's a, that's a compromise I'm willing to make. I want to see who they've played. Because if it's like, oh, we're 0-4 against USC, USC, well, guess what? <laughs> We've lost to USC in every color yeah. helmet. Um, <laughs> Baylor was one. Uh, the, I think the first time they ever wore black helmets was against Baylor. Um, like 1-11 Baylor or the year they were good? No, it wasn't the year. Well, I, I mean, it was before Robert Griffin III. Um, so was Colorado any good? I don't know. It was, it was really long it was time ago. Since 2001. <laughs> so That's kind of what favorite. I was thinking. No. So if that was the first time that they wore black so actually helmets. Actually, they might have won that one if it's since 2001. I thought it was of all time. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, you're saying. We're us playing Baylor. This conversation was since 2001. Yeah. Um, no more black helmets. It's okay. I mean, or tough you enough. Wear them again. No. It's, a, it's a color of a helmet. My <laughs> goodness. See, this is yeah, the type of stuff. It. Exactly. Like, Buffs fans occasionally can be a little bit we, soft about stuff like it's, they're just jumpy is what fans. it is how we, many times no, not this sports fans. No, not yes. this yes, no this. if yes. you if no. you don't this follow is sports with this superstitions and beliefs like that then i don't know how you're living man i mean this is this is what people buy into like i woke up this morning and we're talking about the helmets and i'm like oh 
I don't like that. Oh my god. Because goodness. Ryan talks about how bad the black helmets are so much that now it's ingrained <laughs> in me that anytime I see a uniform drop with black helmets, I instantly I'm like, oh crap. You, uh, know? Like, you know that thing where like if you like put a cucumber by a cat, it'll turn around and just like jump up in the air like that. <laughs> like I feel like that's going. what Buffs fans are. Like somebody brings up the Does black helmet. No, it's like what? Black helmet? Black <laughs> yes, helmet? Black that, helmet? That is and it's like it's that, it's it's like six different things. It's like remember when I brought up like, oh, they could be playing the SEC in the bowl game. It's like SEC, not the SEC. We can't play the SEC. It's like, okay, I mean, come you're, on. You're exaggerating a little bit. I mean, but uh, it's not much. Is, like that's what the, we've, we, like we've we've lost a lot in the last 15 years. <laughs> let's just let's just control all the things that we can control. One of those things is helmets. We've yeah. never won okay. one. I'm not. How about question. we don't get the Next question. best linebacker in the country hurt and talk well, about that? Well, then I mean. maybe you don't wear black helmets. You don't get bad juju. Okay. Next question. Go <sighs> Buffs is asking, no chance Mustafa is back, right? Any other? I think there is a chance. I think there is a chance. Um, You know, right now, if he were to go to the NFL, what did he do today? He had another half tackle. One and a half tackles for loss. That's right. I mean, he's putting up solid numbers. The, the lack of height will be a, a pretty significant knock on him. Um, but I think that that knock probably just pushes him to day three, and, and that's where he would probably go. Again, it depends on like the testing and all that kind of stuff. But, but to me, I think that if he wanted to go to the NFL, there would be a spot for him. Um, and it wouldn't just be like a, a camp invite at this point. Yeah, I would be shocked if he doesn't get drafted. Yeah. But he's not going to go early for yep. all the reasons you mentioned. Again, you put him in a combine setting, he's not going to light the world on fire. Mm -hmm. That's not what he is as a player. Now, what's good about the NFL for in his case is they love run stuffers. I mean, it doesn't matter how much the NFL throws. They want to control the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And Mustafa is that type of player. You know, He's not going to go into the NFL and get 10 sacks in his season. But he can't control the line of scrimmage even though he's undersized. Mm -hmm. So to me, the I think it's kind of a 50-50 proposition right now. I don't know if he's really going to improve his stock by coming back. That's, that's thing. just a choice he has to make. I mean, I guess it would have to be one of those. Who was the team recently where like everyone decided to come back? It was like a Duke basketball team or something where they all like banded together and were like, we're coming back. Highly I, doubt it was Duke. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> but, like, it would have to be one of those things where like Nate says, I'm coming back. Mustafa, you should come back. And like we can we'll have like one of the best defenses in the country and we can, you know, that'll help our stock. But mm -hmm. that's that's the scenario that I see where like you get some dominoes falling and it can honestly go the other way. You know, Nate's like, no, I got to go. And Mustafa's like, okay, I got to go too. You know? And Carson says, you know what? I've put up big numbers. I might as well give it my run now too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ian here is asking, do you all think there's going to be another uh, conversation about starting QB next year? We touched about this a little bit earlier. Um, if you guys want to talk about it more, we can, or we can move on to another question. There will be a conversation. There will definitely be a conversation. Could be short. It, it, and I hope it is short. And I think that what's going to happen is some people are going to say, play Brendan Lewis, play, 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 oh, play Brendan Lewis, <laughs> the L's and the R's there. Wow. Um, but, but then you realize like, nope, he's not ready. And there's going to be a small faction of the fan base. It's like, oh, how could you be wasting another year of Brendan Lewis when you could be developing him? You wouldn't him? even waste one. You're, you're just not. Redshirted him. But, but, they, but it's what they're going to say. But, like, <laughs> and this is a free year. So but you're my not question another year. No. is how's Brendan Lewis going to react to that? Oh. Because we've seen he seems his like the kind of guy social, who knows his we've time seen the coming. way he acts. He, no, his he, social and the way he acts has been fine so far. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've seen a few. Tweets. I would, I would say, uh, I don't really worry about that with him. No. I mean, he's the next guy okay. in line. Right? Yeah, I mean, because if Neuer comes back next year, Lytle's time is up, mm -hmm. right, as well, and he's the next in line. So to me, 
you're going to have the opportunity. He could be a four-year starter still. I mean, yeah. He would redshirt next year and still come back as a freshman. Can you yep. imagine, like, sixth-year senior Brendan Lewis? Yeah. Like, that'll, <laughs> yeah. That's a hell of an advantage to have if you, if you end up getting it. Okay, Alex here is asking, will Chev be a better head coach than offensive coordinator? Oh. Well, first of all, there's a big bridge you have to cross to even get to Chev being a head coach. Um, I think there's a case to be made that, you know – at a small school where he goes and you know it gives that program a bunch of energy he could be successful uh but he's gonna have to be a lot better as an offensive coordinator before he starts getting those calls uh unfortunately and, and tyler and i had this conversation last week even being an offensive coordinator has pulled him away a little bit from his greatest strength and his greatest um, addition to a coaching staff which is his recruiting ability obviously being an offensive coordinator takes up more time than being a wide receivers coach so being a head coach takes up even more time usually the head coach is mostly just there to like close the deal yep um so i don't know uh i do i think he has the energy of a guy who could go to a you know a smaller school and help a program get some energy and get going but like i said he's gonna have to really light the world on fire as an offensive coordinator at some point before he gets that opportunity yep and here's the thing how about what if the buffs come back next year um they they have sam neuer back at quarterback Sam is, I don't know, maybe fourth in all Pac-12 voting. The team goes 9-3, and 8-4 in the season. The offense is what it is right now. I think coming into the day, they were second in yards per game. Um, if that happens again, do you think that he is the offensive coordinator or does get a head coaching job? Job, I don't know. He might be uh, of interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's still a little bit too young as far as his his experience at at a high level you know I think he probably needs another couple of seasons as offensive coordinator but I think he may I think he makes a fantastic head coaching candidate because I think he'd be a great head coach if he's able to kind of diversify what he does and bring in an offensive coordinator who's going to call the plays as well so that way he can just focus on being a leader and then he can maybe focus more on recruiting than on the offensive end of things Um, but again it's, it's all circumstantial it's still very young into his career and he's still got some some wrinkles to iron out before we get to that point what about Tyson Summers how far off do you guys think he is from getting another job he's done it yep didn't work out that never really helps um Mm -hmm. but defense you know is is everything uh and there's going to be someone out there if he keeps up this type of defense again let's say they do get that momentum and they bring all these guys back next year and they have the best defense in the pac 12 someone's gonna you know someone's gonna be interested he's another guy who you know if you've got a program that's lacking energy he'll come in there and uh and inject some right into it what i would say is that Tyson Summers is absolutely a better coordinator than Darren Cheverini. That doesn't necessarily mean he makes a better head coaching candidate, though. And that's kind of the lost art of of people going around the country and trying to find a head coach. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys in the NFL, this happens a lot, too. You're taking on a great coordinator that doesn't have the attributes to be a head coach. You see it all the time. Yeah, I think um, we might uh, see it right around here somewhere, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect example. Um, so, to me... Cheverini has an opportunity to be a good head coach if he gets there someday. He hasn't shown the skills as a coordinator to get there yet. Summers obviously got the job once, so I, I like him as a head coach. But again, to me, he strikes me as a guy who's an elite defensive yep. coordinator, and that's probably where he should stay. So 
to change the question just a little bit, are you worried about him getting poached to somewhere like Georgia or Bama, somewhere that does run the same defensive scheme and he could kind of step right in and take it over? Not those two, but it's, you know, those lateral moves don't happen very often. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, if someone comes with the Brinks truck like they did for Jim Levitt a couple of years back, then you'll, you'll probably lose them. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Alabama or Georgia, but some school that has more money than Colorado could probably come in and, and make a compelling offer. That's the biggest concern. I mean, he's from the South. Mm -hmm. So if a big school in the South comes calling, yeah, he's going to be interested because the money is just huge. that much more dynamic, right? I mean, you can change your life with the difference in money you're getting from us versus an SEC school. Just look at what Alabama did with uh, – what's his face? Sarkeesian. Yep, yep. exactly. I mean, I, I don't see that happening this year. I think both of these coordinators are young and have a lot more to prove. Um, before they start getting poached, you know, especially in a year we're four and one. I mean, you know, it's, it's been a great season, but I don't think a lot of people are focusing their time on who are the next up and coming coordinators around the country. There's a lot of other stuff going on out in the world. So I don't really see a bunch of movement. This I was going to say, I, I, I don't know how many coaches are going to end up getting yeah. fired. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that leads to a transition. One, two, three, four, five asks, Great name. do you think <laughs> we see major changes to the coaching staff now that Durrell will have a full off season? No, no, nope. no, I don't. Um, I do wonder I, where would you expect to see changes? This is probably a better conversation for after the season. I'd be surprised if there's any. Yeah. Uh, if there's one that I was going to point out, it'd be secondary. Yeah. Maybe, and then, you again, you worry about some poachings. Uh, a lot of times you get these guys late in the cycle. It's because they're, you know, in between places. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you could potentially lose a guy like Taylor Embry to the NFL um, because that's, you know, his background. That's where he's been, and it's probably where he's going to end up eventually at some point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Peter is asking, who do you think has more raw talent, LaVisca or Brendan Rice? LaVisca. <laughs> yeah. No, no yeah. disrespect to Brendan Rice, but LaVisca is an absolute freak of nature. If it wasn't for injury concerns, he would have walked into the NFL as one of the five best receivers. Yeah, agreed. And probably one of the top ten draft picks. And would have been in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. Yep. He was for a brief he, moment. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty high up in the conversation yeah. before he got hurt. Uh, Dan is asking, might have missed it. Any chance Nate comes back? This injury hurt his stock a ton. Oh, oh, Nate comes back to school. Oh, we talked about that uh, at length. It's possible. The hard thing is just what does he do for himself? Like we've already seen what his value is. We've already seen he can dominate this level of competition. It, to me, it would be like a it would have to be like an unfinished business, like warrior type thing where he's like, I'm not letting my last play at Folsom Field be me. What whatever happened and then walking off with tears in my eyes. That's the only thing I could see is like and if, if it's going to happen, he would be the type of guy to do it. Um, but at the same time, someone might get in his ear and say, yeah. we respect that you, you, you think that way. It's not worth it. Just, <laughs> yeah. you know, gotta go get gotta paid go. yeah. for him personally. The only thing he could prove is that he's recovered from his injury and, and it, it, and, and yeah. doesn't sound like it's going to be one of those. I hope, yeah. you know, yeah. fingers crossed, yeah. not one of the ones where people think, Oh, you never know how a guy comes back from this. Mm -hmm. Right. And basketball is a different sport, right? I mean, you can play a lot of years football. You have to go get your money as soon yeah. as it's possible. Yeah. Not only is he a football player, he plays linebacker, one of the shortest tenures of any position in football. Right? Yep. I mean, you have you're hurting yourself financially if you choose to come back in a year that you can go get paid. In my opinion. Yep. Ryan, we sure won't complain about it though. 
Ryan's asking, how do we feel about how the game was officiated? The Neuer fumble question mark. To me, mm. the spots on the balls oh, was, was the weirdest part because every time somebody goes down, you're like, okay, is this second and eight or is it second and 13? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. It's going to be somewhere in this five-yard window, though. Other than that, there's yeah. very few places where you could point to and mm -hmm. say, oh, that, that call really cost the bluff. The one with the Neuer fumble, I think it's – a classic case of whatever they called on the field was going to stand. Yep. Uh, and they called it a fumble on the field. And it, I say I'm like over 50% that that was probably the right call. Um, but And that's Ryan talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Try 90. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it, there was no way they were overturning it. I'm trying to think of another time in the yeah. game where I was upset about a call. I saw a lot of holdings yeah. in the backfield, but the Buffs didn't get hit, hit for holding on their side. And I know they ha those happened. I just didn't see them. What yeah. about when Utah – put their knee down they called that they got back to it they didn't see it at first yeah well no one else saw it either i didn't see it yeah. <laughs> well except tyler <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> standing up like his knee was down yeah. and i'm like really yeah and then i brought up my take of then all field goals shouldn't count <laughs> and okay. the buffs would have been in it's this true. one if all field goals didn't count <laughs> that is yeah. true i would just, i'll follow it up by saying you cannot blame the officials even one percent for this game yeah, let's no. be real yeah. um that was a fumble you know if it wasn't called a fumble on the field i could have seen it maybe mm -hmm. staying as ryan said but once the once the ball starts moving yes he sort of regathered it but if you end up fumbling that away you're not going to get the benefit of that, no. that call so yeah. yeah i mean there's always the spots of balls is a thing in football thing that in football. is i mean <laughs> it, every game is a joke so that's not new there i thought what by and large the refs were clean today kind of crazy utah wasn't called for a penalty though see that's I'm where that's where utah i have a committed with. a penalty somewhere yes. on the field that wasn't seen there's no yep. way they played a yeah. perfect yeah. game Cause, of football because honestly it? in every game of football there's holding on pretty much every play you know and there was there were some block in the backs missed and whatnot but i completely agreed that's not the reason colorado lost this game so yeah should they have been called for a, a penalty or two probably but it really wouldn't have changed the outcome of this game you didn't see a 17 point penalty that would have <laughs> yeah. sent it to overtime surprisingly <laughs> today no no I 17 Team point yeah, penalties no. the refs missed. Or okay. just like a penalty that would have made Nate Landman be off the field for that play. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh. This question is directed to Tyler. Ooh. Uh, will Tyler at least eat crow on Katie Nixon? He made an incredible catch today. Uh, I don't no. know if there's a plate to be served. Because <laughs> he had one catch? <laughs> I believe Look, he had yeah. three catches for 52 what, yards. What crow do I need to eat that I think Katie's not our best receiver? I mean, I think we have proven pretty clearly today. Yeah. In fact, that he's not. Look, I don't want to be, I don't, you know, there's no need to put any hate on Katie Nixon's name, and I don't think that's what you're doing, but he certainly didn't do anything to, you know, it's, he hasn't been dominant by any yeah. means at any point. I mean, he's fine. He's, I mean, he's a starter. Yep. No one's yeah. really arguing that. Should he be getting all of our, all the catches on the team? No. I mean, I think there's more talented guys out there. That's not, that's just, in my opinion. I do still believe they're not using him in the right way, but I agree. That's that's a gripe I've had for the, his entirety of his time here. But wouldn't you say that it's the way he wants to be used, though? Probably. Okay. Probably. Just just want to clarify. <laughs> that he should be like scat back style, just getting the ball in open field any way you can. He's yeah. He's not really a receiver. He makes he receiver like can, plays a lot of the times, but he can make plays on the ball downfield. Absolutely. And he made another today. And I think that, but that's the balance. I feel like that's what makes it work so well is it's either like a streak or it's something that's right at the line of scrimmage. And it should probably be like 80% this and 20% this. And to be honest, he's in a tough, he's going to be in a tough matchup in a downfield play every time, unless he's so open 
that you just get it to him over the top. What I would like to see, because he can make plays on the field, line him up in the backfield, run a wheel route, see if you can get a, a coverage you know, yeah. uh, advantage there where you're able to throw it to him when he's just running straight, sort of like they did with the, you know, the flea flicker. Like mm -hmm. he catches the ball and he does, he's not having to like make a jump ball or make a contested catch, which he can make. You're getting yourself in much better positions to use him. And then again, I said it every, every game when Visco was here, use Visco to clear out space on one side of the field, bring KD from this side of the field to that open space and get him the ball there. And now you have a play. And they did it twice in the the Washington game last year for touchdowns. That's Peter's true. also saying uh, they don't seem to use Stanley either. Yeah, that one I can agree with. 100%. He disappeared. What's going on with that? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he led this team for two weeks. He was unstoppable. And then the last, you know, three games, he's been almost non-existent, you know. And I think he had maybe one or two targets today on third down. I don't think he registered a catch. Um, he, had it, a, he got stopped short on stopped one short third one. down play. Okay. He was the target on the fourth down play that was stopped. Yeah. That was blocked. So it's just it's just interesting, you know, what they're – is it the defenses are just completely shutting him down or is it the offensive scheme has, has kind of shifted? That's a question that – players whining about not getting the ball enough because <laughs> it was going to him too much? Yeah, but the stats, though, just to add some context, six for 66 in the first game, six for 126 in a touchdown in the second, and then one for 10 and two for 44. Yeah. And today I think he had just one catch as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Today he had so, one for three yards. Gosh, dang. Yeah, it needs I mean, to be more. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, to me, for me, he's our best receiver. Um, and I think what's really frustrating about it is he fits Sam Neuer well. Yep. Short passes, you know, creating space. He should be able to find Dimitri pretty often. And I'm sure defenses are keying in on him more. But he's athletic. There's no way he's open one time a game. I don't yeah. buy that for one second. Yep. All right. Do the Buffs know who their their likely opponent is next week? Nope. Pac-12 doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Copy that, clip it, and use it as much as you want because it applies to just about every scenario. Okay. Just to reiterate, if uh, one more game is canceled, though, of the two that are remaining, the Buffs would go to the Pac-12 championship. And Outside of that, we don't know what to expect. To add on to that, USC can gain nothing from playing. True. So, you know, I'm not encouraging them to... Catch COVID. Not catch it, but fake it. But I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, they... There might be someone in there that's saying, well, Colorado just lost their best player to injury. We should maybe think twice about if we actually want to play if we have an out here. Yeah. Antonio's asking what bowl game are the Buffs going to get? Another thing we have no clue. This hurt. Um, as, I mean, they're now in territory where they do need to win next week, most likely. Because, um, mm -hmm. if I mean, if there are only four bowl games for Pac-12 teams. Who are the four that go over there? Um, let's see. It'd be Washington, Oregon, and USC. Who else yep. could you legitimately? I mean, like if UCLA won today at four and two, the Buffs lose next week. They're four and two, with yeah, one of the wins out of conference. Head head. Well, yeah, we beat. You them. do. I mean, I you do. Yeah, I mean, I understand money is the ultimate deciding True. factor here, and it's LA. But that would be a mistake in terms of yep. what we've accomplished this year, for sure. Agreed. Um, is this game a different outcome if all of the Buffs drops or catches? An interesting question. I don't think expecting all the balls to be caught in any college football game is realistic. It's no. One where it's cold, definitely not, but I don't think that's enough well, to change most things. Most of them are in the first half. Yep. True. Didn't, didn't affect the second half of the game really at all. Again, it's just Nate Landman. Like, yeah. the, the drops don't affect Nate Landman, and that's why you lost the game. Yeah. Yep. It felt like the third quarter, you know, that meme where you're just plugging – water coming out of the wall with your finger something else <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yep. how the third quarter felt for this yep. game. like you could see and eventually it did happen where the dam just broke 
Exactly. Any more questions, Allie? I am looking through. Um, Ooh, this is a good time to reiterate what Eric said. Hit the like button, subscribe, do the notifications, rate the DMVR Buffs podcast, do all of that kind of stuff because we really appreciate it. Um, and if there aren't any more questions. Oh, yes, we do. How, oh, nice. is, how different is this game with Brady Russell? That's interesting. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think it changes. Oh, yeah. I don't think it completely changes the dynamic of the game. But when has Sam Neuer been playing his best ball? It's the first six quarters of the season with Dimitri Stanley and Brady Russell. You know, Dimitri Stanley, he's been a wall, and that's obviously not because of injury. That's because of any other reasons. But Brady, Brady Russell, Russell could have an effect on that because he's another guy who takes up mm -hmm. uh, energy and attention in the middle of the field. Yep. Yeah, and he's his and he's Sam Neuer's safety blanket. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, quarterbacks love tight ends and. That, that could help because Sam's completion percentage today dropped to 50%. And, and obviously, 0 for 6, 0 for 7 at, at the end yeah, of that were, was a little tough. But what are you going on 4th and 5? Maybe that changes who you're looking to. Maybe you're using Brady Russell on a tight end tunnel screen more like they did in the Stanford game. I think it just opens up your playbook more and allows you to have more flexibility as far as a play caller. So in that way, it does affect the game. But I, I'm not sure his presence was, was specifically cited for the 17 point loss. Yeah, I, I would say that he would. I, I think that his impact on this team is pretty consistently undervalued. Um, I, I think that, I mean, we saw Matt Lynch have a drop today, and I can't remember if they wound up scoring on that drive. It was the play right before the dime touchdown. Okay, yeah. so, so it wound up being fine. But you have stuff like that, but then more importantly in the running game. Like, he is your best lead blocker. He's the guy who you put in there. I know they put Jaylee Stacks at fullback last week a little bit. And it's like, yeah, I mean, if that's Brady Russell, you're getting a lot more accomplished. Plus, you can just play him at tight end. You don't even have to move him into the backfield, and you are going to win that block. And when you want to run the ball, and when you are just almost good enough running the ball to just commit to running it over and over and over again, like the Buffs did in the last two games when they could just line up and bowl over their opponents, you know, maybe that is the difference. Maybe if you were just a little bit better up front, you're able to be much more effective running the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure it changes the outcome of this game specifically, it's but it's definitely impacting the program overall. I mean, as a defense going against us, it's much easier to not have to worry about the tight end at all. And at like all. I said, you know, going back to that fourth down play, those linebackers in the middle are not only thinking about Dimitri Stanley being there, they're thinking about where Brady Russell going to be, and that spreads them out. Yep. Um, Cole Cook here saying Tyler has great points of discussion. He sure uh, does. Peter oh, saying, yeah, Tyler knows his buff it, buffs-ish. <laughs> Check <laughs> him out. Boys. Check out Go. the free ball and podcast. Do it. Those guys have a lot of fun. Sometimes I join them, and I also have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so they're certainly worth checking out. Oh, and then someone mentioned uh, Ryan's shirt collection is, of course, on point once again. Thank you. Thank you. This one might this? be my favorite one yeah. yet because of how bad it is. Okay. That's yeah. what I was saying. Oh, no, because of yeah. how good it is. <laughs> so I, artistic liberties, but. feeling on, a, on a, a buff shirt is the less likely anyone else is to like it or <laughs> want it or buy it, the more I like it. So this one, I don't think I'm going to model it. Um, Are you sure you don't want to? Yeah, it's not really my thing. But uh, this, one, uh, this one, if you see it, it doesn't say buffs. It says buff uh on the front. That's because for some reason it wraps around the back and says lows on the back. Yeah, the S is in the middle of his back. Why? No one knows. It's one of the worst design shirts I've ever seen, and it makes me love it that much more. By far the worst thing about being my size 
is that I will never in the history of my life be able to find vintage t-shirts mm. of Colorado. In, People weren't as large as you in 1993. I need somebody, <laughs> out, somebody out there from the 80s that's my size that liked CU. Hit me up if you got some CU stuff in your closet. <laughs> I need some gear. I remember uh, maybe it was two or three years ago we were going to a Buffs game and Ryan was really hyped on his shirt. And then he walked into the tailgate and saw Tyler wearing the exact same shirt and was just like... And like 17 F. other people and I've never worn it again. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's when he started going online and buying the weirdest shirts possible. Yep. Um, no one else has this one. Okay. Someone asked, what do you think defense needs more to improve on? Nate Landman. <laughs> um, realistically, I mean, honestly, yeah, it probably is another like linebacker because whenever we've seen either Akeel Jones or Nate Landman go out, there have been some struggles. Um, John Van Deest has patched the hole a little bit. Quinn Perry is a little bit less capable at this point of patching those holes. Uh, you need linebackers. Question for you, Tyler, and you, you usually keep up on this stuff. How does the Buffs linebacker and tight end recruiting look in this upcoming class? I mean, this class in general is tough. I mean, tight end-wise, they're, they're a little bit stronger. I mm -hmm. mean, this incoming class, but I think you would obviously like to see improvement on both of those fronts for sure. Linebacker, um, there's some guys coming in, but it's, you know, th that's years away. You don't see freshman linebackers come in. So to me, that's a position where we have recruited Juco guys in the past. It wouldn't shock me with, uh, with there's only one or two scholarships left if we tried to fill in some holes. Akil is Juco, uh, isn't he? He was a Juco player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of safeties that have come out of Juco, mm -hmm. Kelly Witherspoon, um, Tedrick Thompson, maybe? No, he mm -hmm. wasn't. Um, there was that one dude. Aaron Maddox was. He's obviously mm -hmm. gone now. Makai Blackman was a junior mm -hmm. college player. A lot of the defensive guys. Mustafa Johnson was a deep, uh, Juco player as well. I would say, though, honestly, that the defense isn't my main concern. No. I, I, I didn't think they played poorly today, really, Ooh. especially without Nate. So this person says, I'll be there next month. I play linebacker Sco Buffs. Yay. Oh, cool. Thanks nice. for watching the show. Are you a good coverage linebacker? <laughs> uh, Naya, give us a breakdown. How on fast yeah. are you? <laughs> I need some film. These guys are going to interview right on the spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. A quick yes or no for this one. Brady Russell back. I'm assuming next year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, back like to, to at school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Peter saying Exciting. roll tad. We're still the best school in the state. And then um, someone <laughs> no asking, what does the running back situation look like next year? There's just so much talent there. Different. How are they going to get those? What are they going to do with these carries? So we all know I'm a big Fontenot guy. So yep. this mm -hmm. is probably comes as no surprise to anyone. But I think Jarek and Fontenot really complement each other very well. I could see that being kind of a split carry situation. I know Jarek's numbers this year are insane. Yep. Um, I think Fontenot's underrated. And th the line this year is obviously Second lead impactful. leading returning rusher in the Pac-12, right? Yeah, yep. exactly. I mean, he was almost a 1,000-yard rusher. Jer I think Jaron Mangum had 600-some yards last year as well, right? So, I mean, split carries. I put Jaron I think Jaron Mangum is a, is a serious transfer candidate. Right. I was yep. just going to say that. I mean, there's not enough carries for all the guys in this room. We don't have a running back in this upcoming class, which – is intentional i'm sure um yeah there's not enough carries so i think this is a situation where you could see somebody leave from that room i'm not going to name names but i would be shocked if everybody in the room was back next year agreed yep and you obviously hope to hold on to a shot clayton um just because of how high his upside is <laughs> yeah i mean again it's i'll stars. make it obvious if i say what i'm gonna say here but <laughs> yeah i mean there are certain guys that you want to bring back for sure <laughs> uh, he gave us his Twitter and said Instagram and Twitter. Have a blessed day. Loved this live. 
Well, so you nice. commit just hanging I'm, out. You're you have a new friend. I'm gonna drop you with a follow. Henry already like follows. It. Oh yeah. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. Got <laughs> a baby, Henry. Yeah, of course. We're gonna be on top of your job. Playing, playing yep. the right way. All right. Those are all the questions I see. All right. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for today. Uh, the Buffs will play next week. Well, knock on wood. There's COVID and. It's the Pac-12 and all that kind of stuff. So there are no locks. Um, if you're comfortable doing it, cheer for games to get canceled. If not, uh, we'll see you in a game that is not the Pac-12 championship next week.